Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Salt Mines X-Wing podcast, a podcast dedicated to the backbone of the X-Wing community. That's right, people just like you, doing what they can to get better at the game. I'm your host, Sailor Joe, and this is going to be the last episode of 2022. Hope you enjoy it. Let's go ahead and get into our first segment. List building with Joe. Now for this week's list, uh, I put together something that I might actually be flying uh, in Kyber Cup, which reminds me I need to sign up. Um, but uh, I know what you're all thinking. It's another First Order list. Well, guess what? You're wrong. Um, this time it's going to be an Empire list. And so here's what we've got. So we've got uh, Boy Darth Vader with uh, Black Squadron, TIE Fighter, and Magna Tolvin with Squad Leader and Heavy Laser Cannon. Then we've got Second Sister in the Interceptor with Extreme Maneuvers, Marksmanship, and Shield Upgrade. And Vizier with Emperor Palpatine. So basically what you have here is you have two groups of ships. You've got Vader and the TIEs. Now, yes, I would love the points to fly Backstabber and Mauler, uh, but I just don't have the points. But you've got Vader and the TIEs, and... He's got his coordinator um, in Magna to hand him extra actions as he as he wants, basically. And then you've got Second Sister and Vizier um, kind of speeding around the board, um, doing what they need to do, and Vizier coordinating Second Sister. And so the whole idea that you you have here is you have um, a lot of coordination going on, a lot of moving pieces going on. You have two solid blocks of ships that your opponents don't want to deal with. Um, I think I think this list ha- is has legs. So uh, I'm still working out some tweaks with my team, but uh, if you've got any tweaks to this list go ahead and hit us up on the Discord. Let me know what you think. All right, let's go ahead and roll into our next segment. AMG Rules Forum. And for this week's question, we start with TIE SE Bombers versus Ions. OP, can a TIE SE Bomber perform its system phase boost and drop a bomb mine if it received ionized tokens on the previous round? Answer, as ionized ships can only perform a focus, focus action, an ionized TIE SE would be unable to perform the boost action in the system phase. Ionized ships may drop a bomb as that is not an action. Next question, hollow and ship tokens. OP, hollow's ability reads, At the start of the engagement phase, you must transfer one of your tokens to another friendly ship at range 0 to 2. Does this include ship or ID tokens as defined under ships in the rules reference? A ship is composed of a plastic miniature bag, base, pegs, a ship token, and ID tokens. Answer. No. Holos, tie BA, pilot ability, 
refers to green or orange circular tokens, i.e. focused or jam, or the diamond-shaped blue and red tokens, i.e. cloak or stress. Oh man, a cloaked hollow would be hilarious. All right, next question. Revisiting electro chaff clouds as a friendly device. OP, on November 4th, 2021, D commented and said that the electro chaff clouds are not considered friendly devices. The current rules reference, version 1.4.3.1, effective 6.15, now lists electro chaff clouds as a device. The text is in blue, so I believe it's a brand that it's brand new to that version. As such, does that change the previous ruling since it's newer? Are electro chaff clouds friendly devices? Specifically asking in case of Lega Fossang, the BTA NR2 Y-Wing, who may re-roll one attack die for each friendly device in the attack arc. Answer. No, electro chaff clouds are neither friendly nor enemy devices and as such do not interact with Lega Fossing's pilot ability. <coughs> Next question. Does Delta-7 or Y-Wing Anakin need to have a stress for his ability to enter the queue? OP. Text. After you fully execute maneuver, if there is an enemy ship in your front arc at range 0 to 1 or in your bullseye, you may spend one force to remove one stress token. Per the bit about needing to meet the requirements of for an ability to enter the ability queue, does Anakin need to have a stress for his ability to enter the ability queue? Or can he, excuse me, unstressed, add his ability to the queue Gain a stress from another effect, say C110P, and then remove the newly gained stress. I would think the requirements for his ability are 1. Enemy ship in the requisite arc, 2. Has a force, and 3. Has a stress. Ability text. After you fully execute a maneuver, you may spend 1 charge to perform a red evade, even while stressed. This is for C110P. Answer. No, Delta-7 or Y-Wing Anakin does not need to be stressed for their ability to enter the queue. In the case, in this case, the requirement that the ship must meet is if there is an enemy ship in your front arc at range 0 to 1 or in your bullseye arc, so, so as long as the requirement is met, you can add their ability to the queue. So yes, after Anakin, equipped with C-110P, fully executes a maneuver, assuming Anakin in this example is unstressed, that player could add C-110P to the queue, then Anakin's ability to the queue. C-110B would be the first ability, resolving, allowing Anakin to perform a red evade action. After that, Anakin's ability would resolve, allowing him to spend a force to then remove the stress gained from C-110P's ability. Well, that was a mouthful. All right, next one. Midnight and crack shot. OP. I was wondering if I use midnight and lock a ship, can I use crack shot to cancel a dice result, or is that considered modding? Answer. Yes. While midnight's TIE-FO pilot ability prevents a locked enemy ship's dice from being modified, crack shot, talent, cancels one evade result before the neutralized result step. Canceling dice is not a dice modification. 
OP, what does Rebel Chopper Crew do? Sorry, that was the next question. OP, Rebel Chopper Crew reads, quote, During the perform action step, you may perform one action even while stressed. After you perform an action while stressed, suffer one hit damage unless you expose one of your damage cards. End quote. Given that the card costs one point, we've been inferring that it does not simply grant the ship an additional action every perform action step, but instead allows a ship to perform its regular perform action step. Is this correct? Is the action Rebel Chopper Crew allows for a standard perform action step that would be able to be used for scenario actions? Answer. Yes, Chopper, Rebel Crew, allows the player to perform an action during the perform action step even if that ship would be stressed and not normally able to do so. This would include the scenario action. And the last one that we'll read today is Stop Maneuvers and Range Zero. OP. Two questions demonstrated by a scenario. A ship's maneuver would cause it to overlap a U-wing at the front of the base after resolving the bump and placing the ships at range zero of each other, the U-wing executes a stop maneuver. Are the ships still at range zero of each other? Did the U-wing overlap the enemy ship by stopping, thus limiting its action to a red focus? Does using the configuration to rotate make a difference? Answer. No. The red focus or calculate only comes into play if a ship overlaps and an enemy ship... I think that's supposed to be an. It says and. An enemy ship while executing a maneuver. As a ship that executes a stationary maneuver does not overlap any ships, the ship that executes the stop maneuver after an enemy ship has overlapped it would not be able to perform the red focus calculate but would be able to perform a range zero attack. A ship that successfully attempts to rotate would not be able to perform the red focus calculate as rotating is not a maneuver. All right. So there's a couple things that I wanted to talk about in this episode, and it might be a shorter one because I just don't know how long I'm going to talk on each one. But um, one is an idea coming from another game, and another one is some more useless statistics that you may not need or may not even be useful, but I still want to talk about them. So let me start with the the latter topic. Um, I went through and it, it kind of the question kind of came in my head: Is there a correct amount of or a correct ratio to red dice green dice hole that is across the board on meta lists or meta lists that do well and so what i did is i went on meta wing um for today and i looked at the top 15 list archetypes that are on there. Now, I could have done a lot more. Um, Don't ask me why I picked 15. It's kind of arbitrary, and it may not actually be enough, as these numbers may not mean anything at all, Um, but they were interesting to me. Um, And I looked at those ships, and I added up the total hull, so shields and hull, so total health, 
of the entire list, the total number of green dice of the entire list, and the total number of red dice, red dice for the entire list. And um, so without reading um, all of the lists and what they are, uh, and all of the numbers, because that's just kind of boring content. Let's talk about the average. So the average that I found is 25 hole, 11 green dice, and 11 red dice. And that's across all, all 15 lists. And um, just to give you an idea, um, the lows on whole or health go as low as 18 and as high as 34. The lows for green dice or the the total number of green dice for a list go as low as 5, as high as 17. And for red dice, the low is 8 and the high is 15. And I think kind of what all that, and I'm not, I don't want to say that if you're building a list, if you don't have around these numbers, your list is not going to be any good. But at the same time, like the data's there. It's telling us something. I may not be interpreting correctly. So that's that's an important part to take away in listening to this particular episode. But it's there. So when you're building your list, you want, on average, to have around 11 reds, around, around 11 greens, and around 25 whole. Now, you can, there's, there's room to, to flex in there. Um, obviously, but like, I just, I just found it interesting that that the spread really isn't as big as I thought it was going to be. I mean, um, the list with, uh, uh, the lowest amount of hole has 18 hole, 11 green dice, and 9 red dice. Um, it's a republic list. Um, so there's kind of that it's it's 9 red dice asterisks because there's a couple of uh, CLT Jedi in that list. Um, and then the one with the most hole um, has 34 hole, 5 defense, and 12 uh attack dice and that's got a decimator two reapers and a uh, striker so not a lot of hole or not a lot of green dice but a whole lot of hole that you have to chew through um so those are those are just some of the things to think about um gosh what is so what does that mean for your list building well for me personally um, there's a, there's a few different lists that I'm looking at. There's the empire one, which, uh, I just read, read to you all at the beginning of the episode, which has, what are we? Six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 
So it has a total of 24 whole, uh, two, four, and then uh, 11 red, and 13 green. So it's it's kind of in that in that realm. There's another list that I'm looking at that's a first order list. Um, it has a surprising number of um, whole green dice, red dice. Um, so it's just it's another thing that I'm going to start considering when I'm building lists. Now, does it mean anything? Uh, I I don't know. Um, if if you think I'm onto something, put it in the in the general chat in on the Discord, and let's have a discussion about it. I'm not sure yet. Um, but I think it has the potential to, to play an impact, right? All right. That's all I want to say on that topic. Let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Now, this next topic is also another one that I'm not sure directly correlates to X-Wing. Um, but it's, it's kind of a, a good reminder overall. Um, now what, what am I even talking about? Well, First, I want to talk about baseball. And in baseball, um, to get the coveted 300 batting average, you are failing seven of the ten times you're up to bat. So you're not getting a hit, you're not getting a run. Right? Um, And in Magic... Um, we, there's a lot of different, a lot of different types of decks. Like there's a lot of different types of lists in X-Wing. One of the things that Magic does that X-Wing isn't as good at is tracking win-loss ratios of those particular types of decks. (laughs) Now, there are little nuances in each of, in each of those decks. Um, but the overall win-loss rate, um of the quote unquote tier one decks are, um, they're, they're recorded you can find that information on all kinds of different sites. And I encourage you to look it up, but this kind of goes back to the, the, the baseball thing in that if you look at the tier one decks on, um, the different magic, the gathering sites, like the highest one, you're, I mean, your average percentage is going to be right around 60%. Um, with one going up uh, as high as uh, 69%. Right? But the ones that have a lot of games in, like we're talking hundreds and hundreds of games, uh, 245 win rate to 164 loss rate is 59%. Like, so what does all that mean? Well, in five rounds or six rounds of a tournament, it's not just about your list, right? And and you guys, you all have heard me talk about this before. It's not just about your list. And, and here's why. Because all kinds of factors go in. You could have the best 
S-tier list, and we've seen this in tournaments in past. If you don't believe me, look at the data. But you can have the highest S-tier list that is nearly unbeatable, and you may still lose four of your five matchups. Let that sink in for a second. You could have the best deck or the best list in X-Wing and you'll still lose. I don't really want to say a majority because that's not how numbers work, but you'll still lose a significant portion of your matches. I mean, up to 40% of your matches. So you should go three and two. That's, that's about average, right? But so much more factors go in than just the deck. And that, like, oh, I'm, I'm not even sure what I want to say on this. It's just, it's something that strikes me as, and like for me personally, I don't give myself enough grace when it comes to tournaments. I see the bad decisions that I make. Um, I suffer the losses. Just as a reminder, if you're new to listening to this cast, I am an average player. My tournament record is less than 50% win-loss ratio. Um, So I lose more than I win on average. But I don't give myself enough grace because that's still a good record, all things considered. Right, and I know that sounds weird, um, but you have to you have to look at a at a whole whole bunch of different factors. Uh, like, so I'll give you an example. Uh, the other day, I I played a game. It was uh, first order, first order. It was online, and um, I was flying four first order ships. My opponent was flying, what, six, I think, maybe seven. No, six. Six sounds right. Um, And the game came down to um, just, like, it was was a really close game. It was like one or two points off. Um, And I was kind of torn up a little bit about it. Um, But a couple of things changed my minds on changed my mind on it. And the first one was I looked at the dice stats. Now the dice stats don't always tell you everything. It doesn't tell you when um their highs hit your lows or vice versa or when their highs hit your highs and so on and so forth. Like it doesn't give you that granular data. But one of the things that I noticed is that um I came really close to winning and the dice luck score was eight to zero, right? A full eight points to a full zero points that I was rolling. So dice play it into that. There were a couple of decisions that I made that got um, Wylo trapped and ultimately killed, right? So that played into it. There were decisions that my opponent made that played into the factor of the game. So there's all these different nuanced little things that go into it, but all of that to say that even if you have the best list out there, you're still probably losing four and ten games. Maybe more, depending on the list and what you're going up against. 
So it's it's kind of hard to say. Maybe give yourself a little bit more grace. Um, that's why we look at the mid-tier lists uh, at different tournaments because it's it's variance, it's decisions, it's fatigue, it's all these other factors that play into it that could make those lists top-tier lists. And I think that's something to really consider. Um, and as you're building your lists out, like keep that in mind, your, your top tier, top lists aren't going to win all the time. So stick with a list and get familiar with it. Know the ins and outs of it. Cause if you know the ins and outs of it, you're going to be able to catch things that your opponent doesn't. You're going to be able to see things that your opponent doesn't. You're going to be able to make decisions that your opponent wouldn't expect because you know what the left and right limits of your list are. And I think that's important. Um, Gosh, I I feel like I've just been rambling. Um, So I'll I'll go ahead and end it here. I I hope what I've said has made some sense. Um, Let me know in the comments. Or uh, put it on the Discord if you have any questions. I'll be happy to to talk about it. Again, this is going to be the last episode of 2022. So thank you very much for listening. Um, I very much appreciate your time. Um, If you've made it this far, uh, know that this podcast is brought to you by our patrons. um, Who, I, I honestly, I couldn't do this podcast without them. So... Thank you, and if you're a patron and listening to this, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate your support. Uh, Please consider leaving a review however you consume this podcast. It really means a lot to me, and it lets other people know why they should listen to it. As you know, I I blah, 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 blah. As you know, I like to end every podcast with a question, and this week's question is, do you think I'm on to something? Or is this useless data? This is Sailor Joe, signing off. You're not alone.